From Upstate Medical University, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Heart failure is the most common reason people over age 65 are admitted to the hospital. It's a disease that develops over time, and there are things you can do toward prevention. With me to discuss this topic are two nurses from Upstate. Joey Michelle Angelina, who is a nurse manager in the Triage and Transfer Center, and Lori Langdon, the Heart Failure Program Coordinator. Thank you both for being here. Thank you. Thank you. So let's start by defining heart failure. Lori? Okay. Um, heart failure is actually a clinical syndrome that uh, affects the heart's ability to pump blood so that it can meet all the needs of the body. Uh, it does not mean that the heart has failed. Sometimes that's what people think yeah, when they hear that says, term, and it's very scary for them. Okay. So it's just not pumping as effectively as it needs to. Right. Mm -hmm. So how would someone know if they have heart failure? Um, well, some of the most common symptoms are shortness of breath. Um, that's probably the most classic one. And sometimes what ha will happen is when people try to sleep at night, it will wake them up very suddenly. So that's never normal to get woken up at night because you can't breathe. Uh, the other classic sign is swelling of the feet, ankles, or legs. Um, and those are probably the most common common signs. Okay. Is it a disease that mostly affects older people or? Um, it actually can affect anyone of any age. It is most common and as we age. It is the, one of the most common um, diseases that people will get, but um, it can develop at any age for um, a lot of reasons. Um, men and women affected men, equally? Um, men and women um more common in men, but like with many things with heart disease, women catch up. So, as they get yeah. older, mm -hmm. whatever. So. Yeah. All right. Well, many people with heart failure seek hospital care that's related to heart failure, but many people who come to the hospital with other problems also have heart failure. Right. right. It's mm -hmm. one of the things. So, um, Joey, how common is it for people with heart failure to make repeat hospital visits? Right now, nationwide heart failure readmission is about 27%. That's a, that's a big number. That's really. the highest diagnosis for readmission mm -hmm. currently okay. nationwide. Okay. Here at Upstate, we have a readmission rate of 18 to 19% for heart failure currently, mm -hmm. which okay. is better than the national rate, but still room for improvement. Mm -hmm. All right. So tell me what Upstate is doing um, to, to work on that, improving that. Well, one program that we have launched recently is a nurse-led follow-up phone call to patients that have been seen in the ED that are over 65 years old that have been discharged back home with heart failure as a diagnosis. So in other words, it doesn't mean they were seen in the ED for heart failure, it means that they have a diagnosis of heart failure. So if they come to the emergency room um, for a broken arm or anything, and on their discharge notes, heart failure is one of the issues they've got going on. Your team will learn about them and follow up with a phone call. With a heart failure diagnosis in your problem list, it will trigger the nurses in my department to make a follow-up phone call to check on them once they've been discharged from the ED. Okay. So how does that go? What, what's the phone conversation like? So we have labeled it or named it as telecaring. Okay. It is a nurse-led follow-up phone call, like I said, to this population. 
and it has five components to it. It's going to check on general health status. How are you doing since you've been discharged home? How are you feeling? Second thing is going to check on medications. Did you receive new medications on discharge? Did they change your medications since you've been back home? Making sure that they understand what they're supposed to be taking and when. Home services to find out if the patients need any type of equipment now that they're back home to help them with recovery. Whether or not they need a visiting nurse to come in to check things for them, to check weights, to check vitals, anything that they did not have in their house prior to their visit to the ED. The follow-up appointment, we need to make sure and help them to understand the importance of following up with their primary care physician for their recovery making sure that they know when the appointment is, that they know where the appointment is, that they're able to make it to the appointment, and just to instill in them the importance of that appointment to keep them from having to go back to the ED. And lastly is just a review of what we do or what they're going to do in an emergency. Anything from difficulty breathing to chest pain to unconscious, yes, you're going to call 911. But this population tends to call 911 out of the fear of unknown, not understanding how to self-manage their recovery or their symptoms that they're having. They've been discharged to the ED. Why am I not back to 100% now that I'm back home? And my department at the Upstate Triage and Transfer Center has RNs on duty 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. So if a patient at 11 o'clock at night has a question about why their feet are swollen or why they're having pain somewhere, they are able to pick up the phone and call my department and be in contact with an RN for wow. support, for explanation, for direction if they do need to go back to the ED based on what they're, they're experiencing. So we have a local number and we have a toll-free number because here at Upstate we do see a lot of patients that live outside of Syracuse. So patients that live outside of Syracuse are also able to get us with the toll-free number. So these um, have to be patients that were seen at Upstate initially for something. These it's are patients for anyone to call. For this program, yes. For telecaring, it the report that we are able to generate indicates to us which patients had been to the ED and discharged back home. One of the adult EDs. It's for community ED and the downtown ED. Well, it seems like it would offer a great peace of mind for someone, particularly someone who's newly diagnosed and this is a new thing for them, probably have a lot of questions. You know, why is this happening to my body? What does this mean? And your nurses can answer those Yes, questions. I do have nurses that are specially, uh, specialty certified in gerontology. So they are able to deal with this population and know how to explain things to them so that they best understand it. I... As a group, this department is telemedicine or telehealth, so everything we do is over the phone. It takes a special skill set to be able to connect with somebody over the phone just by your voice and not with your eyes and your hands, Sure, which is what nursing is known for. So it's, it's definitely a special skill that the nurses at the Triage and Transfer Center do very well. Interesting. Well, I've got a lot more questions about heart failure, but first, this is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with nurses Joey Michelle Angelina and Lori Langdon about the new telecaring program that focuses on those with heart failure. Um, so, Lori, back to heart failure. What what causes it? Do we know um, 
Is it a genetic thing or? Well, the most common cause for heart failure is um, untreated hypertension. Um, hypertension is like one in three in adults in the U.S. has high blood pressure and many people don't even know it. It is called the silent killer because it causes damage not only to the heart, but to that extra pressure in your arteries and your blood vessels can cause damage to any organ in your body. But the effect that it can have on the heart is, is heart failure. One of the other more common reasons um, of heart failure is after a heart attack. Because if there is damage done to the heart following a heart attack, that can also affect the heart's ability to pump blood to the rest of the body. Okay. All right. Now, well, can if, I just say, though, that not everybody who has a heart attack is going to develop heart failure. Okay. But it is um, one of the main reasons that people can develop heart failure. Um, is it typically discovered if, if a person makes regular um, visits to their primary care doctor, is high blood pressure typically discovered that way? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, and that's why it's always good to you know, keep your appointments with your doctor and get your blood pressure checked regularly. regularly. But you can also get it checked um, you know, at the drugstore. They have automated blood pressure cuffs. Many people have them at home or their family members do. Um, okay. Also, um, you know, a lot of times there's clinics and different things like that. One blood pressure that is high does not diagnose it. It has to be several in a row. And that's why it's good to just follow up with your with your primary care provider. Okay, so high blood pressure is one thing, but then um, developing heart failure is another. How do you, how do you diagnose heart failure? Um, kind of the gold standard for diagnosing it is an echocardiogram. Um, it's a very simple, uh, painless test that is done, but that is the gold standard. So echocardiogram, that gives a picture of the heart, like a sonogram? Yeah, uh, much how um, a woman who's pregnant has an ultrasound. Okay. It's very similar to that, but it's of the heart. And the thing with the echoes is that you can see the how the walls of the heart are moving. It lets you look at the valves of the heart, uh, the blood flow through the heart. So it actually looks at, at a multitude of things. And then when you get the results of this test, it is reported as a percentage. So um, what is normal is about 55 to 65% is normal. It's not a test you get 100 on. Okay. So, um, But anything under 40% puts someone at a greater risk for developing the symptoms of heart failure. You can still have it if you're above uh, 40%, but under 40 is really where there are some very clear treatment Risks. plans um, for and medications for people who have a result less than 40%. Well, what I wanted to ask, once you have that diagnosis, like you're below 40% or, or whatever, and they say you've got heart failure, do you always have that, or is there a way to get back to where you were mm -hmm. before heart failure? Um, it's very individualized. Um, but there are medications, uh, and a lot of them are actually blood pressure medicines that a lot of people are on anyway, but there's a lot of research that shows that there are particular classes of drugs that actually can improve um, the, heart, the heart's pumping ability and therefore um, improve the symptoms of heart failure. So it, uh, other than medications, are there other ways that heart failure is treated? 
Um, heart failure is a progressive disease over time. And um, as the over time, as there's changes within the heart and the structure of the heart, there are other, are, there are other tre- treatments. Um, lifestyle changes such as losing weight, um, avoiding salt, uh, um, alcohol, drugs, that kind of thing will help to make the heart better, can help make the heart better. But then as things advance, there's also um, certain types of pacemakers, internal defibrillators, and then more advanced therapies would be uh, something called a left ventricular assist device, which is implanted in the heart. And then the ultimate thing would be a heart transplant. Not everyone's going to go down that path, but that as the disease progresses, it definitely can progress to that. Does um, having heart failure complicate other diseases that the person might have, with diabetes or asthma or cancer? Does does it uh, connect with other diseases um, in a negative way? A lot of times people can be going along with their heart failure very well controlled, but getting sick with something else can actually trigger their heart failure symptoms. Something sometimes is as simple as a cold. And... Um, Chemo can affect, can actually cause heart failure. There are some chemo drugs that um, are toxic to the heart and can cause heart failure. But uh, many people who have heart failure also have diabetes and COPD. And it's um, sometimes it gets, it's not so black and white what they're sick with sometimes. And um, so it's, that's why it's so important to stay in touch with their physicians, their providers. Okay. Well, uh, Joey, your nurses are set up to answer questions like that. If if someone with heart failure has got a cold and now they're feeling other things, I mean, that might be something they would call with questions about, right? Correct. The nurses are there 24 hours a day, like we said. They do have the ability to use triage guidelines to decide whether or not the patient needs to be seen in the ED or the patient needs to be seen by their primary care physician or if their symptoms can be treated at home and the nurse at the triage and transfer center will give them those instructions off of the nationally accredited guidelines that we use. Neat. Well, that's good to know. Thank you both for being here. Appreciate it. My guests have been uh, Joey Michelle Angelina, a nurse manager in the triage and transfer center, and Lori Langdon, the heart failure program coordinator at Upstate. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.